Hello there and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Studio. I'm your host, Paul Nolan, the owner and the founder of Make Your Transition, MYT, the artist development platform that is here to help you become the best artist you can be by becoming the best version of yourself. And we are up to the lucky episode, lucky number 13, and it's definitely going to be a lucky one for you guys if you're interested in Bandcamp, because my guest today is Ali Galani, who is the EU label rep for Bandcamp. Camp. Um, we sat down over Zoom a few weeks ago and we really started to break down the success of Bandcamp during the last year of the pandemic, how it's absolutely blown up, especially on Bandcamp Fridays. And we really get into the nitty gritty of how you can get the absolute most out of self-releasing and selling your own merchandise and many, many other things on Bandcamp. It's an incredible conversation where you get an idea that Bandcamp is very much on your side and our side as artists, and that's exactly what they are. Uh, Ali goes through the payment structure, how it's incredibly clear, very much weighted in the artist's favour, and some incredible statistics, which I won't spoil right now, but there are some pretty mind-blowing stats around how many physical items of a certain type, shall we say, are sold per year. And it's just lots of surprises in terms of how minimum payments work and stuff like that as well. And also he breaks down how you can improve your chances of actually being featured by Bandcamp on their various channels, including radio shows and their Bandcamp weekly newsletters and web articles and all sorts of good stuff. So without further delay, we'll get straight into it. Here is my conversation with Ali Galani from Bandcamp. Hey Ali, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good, good. And uh, yes, for those of you who are not, um, of those of us who are listening who are not so familiar with what you do for Bandcamp, could you please just introduce yourself and give us a bit of an idea about what your role is? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the European and UK artist and label rep for Bandcamp. So my job is to... um, get more people to use the site. So primarily working with labels and larger artists who are not already signed up to start using the platform. Um, And then aside from that, I also do a lot of um, sort of education stuff around Bandcamp. So workshops, presentations, and generally kind of being the, um, the kind of point person between Bandcamp's company and the music industry in Europe. Um, So yeah, quite a kind of quite a varied role, but um, but a really fun one as well. No, it sounds like it. And especially in the last year, it sounds like it's been particularly fun and a bit of a wild ride for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. It has been um, a pretty crazy year for sure. Um, and I think it's sort of um, like, I don't know, where where we kind of came from with it was it, it, it became a time where what we do and what we've always been about suddenly became something that everyone else was interested in too. So, you know, we've always been an artist first platform. We always fundamentally believe that artists should be valued, that the art they create should be valued. And uh, and that's why Bandcamp was created. It's a way for artists and labels to sell their music, physical and digital, directly to their audience 
via the community that we've created at Bandcamp. And um, yeah, so like, I mean, it's kind of weird. We're exactly a year ago now, obviously, or there or thereabouts, since when sort of things sort of kicked off with with COVID and, and the lockdowns. And we sort of decided that we wanted to underline that importance of how, you know, artists need to be paid for their work by doing our Bandcamp Fridays. So these are our fee waiving days where we waived our regular 10 or 15% cut. And um, and all of that money went directly to the artists for sort of, you know, the first Friday of each month. And it's kind of weird because like, you know, we did it just as, oh, it's good to underline this point. And, and you know, it'll be cool that <clears throat> artists understand that we're on their side and that labels, uh, sorry, and that fans maybe kind of understand a little bit of, the challenges facing artists now that live was switched off and some of their other kind of um, revenue streams. Um, but the response was, well, overwhelming, really. Um, I mean, I think the first one, which was March 2020, we turned over, uh, I think it was $4.1 million in a day. Wow. And, wow. you know, at that time, a regular Friday would be maybe 300,000, maybe 400,000. But you know, whether and then the second one was seven point one million, and it you know, and it kind of, um, I mean, that was the biggest, but it stayed at a pretty high level from there on in. So you know, we had nine fee fee waiving days in twenty twenty. Fans paid artists and labels uh, forty million dollars with eight hundred thousand fans taking part, which is crazy. You know, and what I love about it is those fans could get most of that music for free. They, they could go on YouTube and you'd get fractions of pennies for it but they decided to come and pay and that's um it's really rewarding and it's re- it's a real lifeline for some artists oh massively massively and and the thing is you know i've always had that feeling from bandcamp you know having been part of a label that we had on bandcamp for a number of years it's just it's an incredibly friendly place like it has a much different feel like some people who i talk to think i've like I've lost my mind because it's like it just feels like walking into a record shop to me and I spent my entire life either working in or owning record shops so I know that vibe particularly well up here in in the north of England so it's it's an incredible thing that you know you've you've had this kind of like you know really beautiful environment that you've built over years and then similar to what happened with us with NYT when the pandemic hit first we felt like the world just took a giant step in our direction and we were thankfully we mm. had the infrastructure and we had the 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 platform to be able to deal with that and be able to help a lot more people which i feel is a very sort of similar story for Bandcamp. so you know it's an yeah. incredible thing it really it really really is and it really steps into another thing that i want to talk about uh, and again that sort of re-education of of artists as to the value of their art one of the things that we've really had to do in the last year with people with you know a lot of our members are gigging djs and they, they do pretty well and they tour but they mm. they've had to have that re-education of you know your music is valuable it has worth and people will pay for it so it's mm. an amazing thing to to kind of see Bandcamp really leading the charge on that and to see so many people kind of leaning into it mm, yeah completely it's um i think you know we'd kind of been on this like sort of oh, i think our, our ceo ethan put it we had this kind of comically steady growth in the sort of 11 years that we were running up until the beginning of last year and it was very slow and steady and you know we kind of approach things in a bit of a different way like 
you know, most music tech companies, they're uh, sponsoring lanyards at every event going and you, you've got the big advertising campaigns and, you know, millions of reps and, and offices and all that. And we're a dispersed company. I'm still the only staff member, outward facing staff member in Europe. Um, and, you know, our focus has always just been on making a really good product that actually does the job that it's meant to do. And, you know, our job is to help artists create and help them be able to afford to create more um so yeah it, you know we've had this very atypical kind of approach to things um and then yeah like the band camp fridays and other things that we 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 um we've also done a few other kind of campaign days in the past like we did last year we had the first of our juneteenth uh initiatives uh, we waived well our fees instead of waiving them and giving them to the artists we took our fee that we collected and pass that on to charities that support racial justice in the US. And we're gonna do that every single year. You know, previously we've done fundraisers for the ACLU and the Transgender Law Center, and we've done voter drives. So, you know, like we have this belief in artists, but you know, where you look at that, you've got to say, well, if, you if you're an artist first platform, that means all artists. That means that you have to um, uh, support all artists no matter their race their gender their sexuality etc etc and that's something we're really passionate about and it's sort of part of the communities that we have which is something that is shared with our community which is which is really great it's, it's a it's a very inspiring thing for us yeah exactly and it's interesting watching a lot of artists sort of go through like i mentioned this education process of you know relearning how to kind of sell their music and have mm. them realize that and again this is not a, a criticism of like say spotify or any sort of stream or yeah. any other any other platform for that matter it's just their model is their model and realizing mm. that you know 99 percent or whatever it is of the royalties that are derived on spotify are going to the top one percent of artists and it's not very sort of representative exactly what you're saying so what I, what I love about Bandcamp is just the absolute clarity with mm. the artist always knows where they stand and it's a great deal anyway yeah. Uh, yeah. and you know may, maybe we could sort of break that down because I know you mentioned about you know uh, waiving 10-15% fees like how does the fee structure work on Bandcamp for those who are listening who are not familiar sure yeah so it's, it's really simple um, we take 15% of digital sales um, and percent of physical sales. So that's, you know, whether that's uh, music, merch, like vinyl, CDs, cassettes, et cetera, or, um, you know, posters, T-shirts, all the other kind of soft goods and other things that you might might uh, sell as an artist. Um, so 10% on physical, 15% on digital. The digital fee actually drops to 10% when you hit $5,000 in sales in one year. And that's kind of on a rolling basis. Um, there's also PayPal fees on top. So uh, every, all payments are processed via PayPal. Um, you as an artist, you sign up, you enter your PayPal address, and we then send you the payments within 24 to 48 hours of the sales taking place. You can actually switch it. Uh, some of the larger artists and labels don't want to be paid that often because it gets a lot of micropayments to manage and the accounting becomes trickier. So you can actually choose to be paid monthly as well. Um, but that's it. I mean, it's really simple. You know, on a Bandcamp Friday, I think on average, 93% of the money goes direct to artists, you know, once the PayPal fees and stuff are taken out. Uh, on every other, it's 82%. So it's really not, you know, a massive um, difference in the scheme of things. Even on a regular day, a good chunk of your money going directly to, to the artists and labels. 
Yeah, fantastic. And, and and again, like I just love the clarity of that because you know we we operate mm. mostly in the electronic music world. And I know you've sure. you've run a label in in dance music mm. and still run one. And you know, yeah. I, again, not naming any names in terms of you know labels or other platforms that are available to sell music. <coughs> Sometimes the contract situation is actually very unclear as to who's owed what yeah. and how it all kind of boils down. So I think there's almost been a kind of a is, is, is this actually real? Like, is this almost like too good to be true? Like, we know where yeah. we stand and it's in our favor. So have you ever encountered any sort of like weird resistance around that where it's like um, artists are almost like distrusting of just how good a deal it is? Yeah, yeah. You know what? There is, it kind of cuts a few ways, actually. I think more, the thing I get more is um, the opposite, which is when we do try and talk to larger labels um, or, you know, and, uh, we're, we're open to work with anybody we're not we're not kind of like an exclusionary platforms you want to use the site go ahead and use it you know um, but we've had some larger labels who are sort of yeah this is great but uh, what's our deal then and you're like well the deal's the deal it's, <laughs> it's the deal it's quite, quite a good one instead um and it's difficult for them because a lot of those larger labels they have kind of that's how they prove that they exist, if you know what I mean, is to get the best deal. And it's like, you know, large labels, they're all kind of trying to get one up on each other and get that, you know, tiny percentage of, of competitive advantage. But we just don't allow for that. And we never would. You know, the deal that you get as a bedroom artist is the same as a deal that you'd get if you were Ed Sheeran coming to use Bandcamp or anybody else or, you know, Universal or Warner or EMI or whoever else it might be. Mm. So um, I think that kind of democracy to it. Yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe in the earlier days, people found it a bit more like, no, nah, that can't be right. There must be something hidden. But as you say, we're very upfront about what we do. And um, I think now that's kind of filtered its way through into the artistic community, um, which is uh, which is great. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because again, one of the things I've, I've we've been really focusing on, especially in 2021 with our members, has been almost like rediscovering like the the punk ethos of like yeah. DIY. Put your own music out there. You don't need validation or approval from like these bigger labels as you're talking about. You know, mm. you can put your own music out there and be independently successful, and you don't have to wait to get the the you know the, the nod or the green light from you yeah. know supposedly one of the gatekeepers of the industry and that's one of the things that's really exciting about Bandcamp is that you know you could build up an entire audience just on your own on Bandcamp and just you know, again it's a great platform it's almost like and I, mean, I don't mean this in a disparaging way it reminds me of like the MySpace days to an extent yeah. you know what that, I don't take that as a, a, a slight at all and you're not the first person to say that I think it's I think there's two comparisons. One is, and both things you've mentioned, actually, one is MySpace and the other one is is bricks and mortar record shops. You know, we are trying to create an online equivalent of that. Um, and I think, yeah, there was a kind of um, innocent sort of joy of discovery on MySpace. You know, you just click on someone's top eight, or someone in the top eight friends and find another page and then another and another. And I know in the same way, people will go to our, discovery uh, section on the front page at bandcamp.com and you know click in a random set of genres and click vinyl and you know from colorado or something like that and you get spit out some weird music you'd never heard of before and you can kind of go on a bit of a, a bit of a journey we actually do a 
an article um, in our uh, our editorial platform, the Bandcamp Daily, called I think it's called Navigator, and it's basically that same thing where the writer starts with one release, you know, clicks on recommended albums at the bottom of the page, sees where they go, then finds the you know the tags on that and clicks on a tag, and they kind of go on this circuit around Bandcamp and find all this kind of weird and wonderful music. Um, mm. And that, and that ultimately is what it's about, you know. Like I think the type of fan we get on Bandcamp, they're they're music nerds. They, you know, like all of us that work there, they love finding new music that they've not found before. They've obviously got their favourites, and you know, we have the the you know big artists, whether it's you know Bjork or Radiohead or whoever else that are using the site. But there's also this untapped kind of sea of of unknown artists which you can find and there's amazing music out there to be discovered so it's really yeah i love that it's really exciting yeah it's almost as if you know you used to fall down like a youtube hole you know fall yeah. down a band camp hole instead you know definitely definitely and, and i think there's you know artists enjoy that too because again they can find something as you say without that kind of gatekeeper uh sort of um side to it it's just very unfiltered and they just just find cool stuff that they that they're gonna like um mm. which is which is great i actually did a thing today i i for something at, uh, an internal thing at work we had to find the first release on our Bandcamp collection you know so as a fan you can have a collection of all the music you've bought and i went back and found the first one which predates me working at the company obviously um and it was really funny because i found the artist the first release i bought and I realised it was an artist. I then went on to sign for my label, which is kind of a nice kind of circularity. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, and I can't, I genuinely can't remember if I'd already decided I was signing them and then bought the thing, or whether I bought it and was like, "Hang on a minute, I need to speak to the." I can't. I honestly can't remember. But um, either way, it's it's kind of a fun story. <laughs> no, it's amazing, amazing. It shows you how like kind of circular things can be, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you know, if if you had any advice for an artist who hasn't signed up for Bandcamp yet, like mm. what would and, and is going through, as I say, this like kind of, for want of a better expression, a bit of an awakening around their own yeah. value. Like, what would you say the best route forward would be? Um, okay, well, there's a few things I can recommend. Um, first up, I would say go and check out our artist guide, which is Bandcamp.com forward slash guide, G U I D E. Um, it, it's a really well-written document and it covers kind of what's really good about it is rather than going here's how you upload an album and here's how you add a merch item it's like here's some of the tools that we have and here they're useful and here's a few strategies for making the most out of them so it's actually kind of like um, it's very well written and it's very practically written as opposed to what I mean um, mm -hmm. And our health are very good for all the kind of nuts and bolts stuff as well. But a few things, um, you know, just for people getting started. I think the first is um, designing your page and personalizing it. It's your page. Make it look as much like your own as you can. You can customize the header and the background images and all of the colors. Um, we have this um, minimum pricing policy. So you put in a price, whatever you want for what you want to charge. But you can then allow fans to pay more if they want. 50% of the time, people pay more than the minimum asked, which is amazing. And I do think that part of that is because they know it's your page. They, they can see that you've personalized it. Your links are on there. You've maybe, you know, written up a little bit about why you made the release in the about, in the about this album section. 
Um, you know, you can add video as well if you've got a pro account. So I think doing all those things really helps. I think having merch, having a physical item, if you can. Um, obviously, vinyl is probably our, well, is our biggest physical format. We sold two million vinyl records last year, but we sold half a million cassettes last year, which is Incredible. crazy. It's, um, it's mad. But you know what? I think the thing, what, and it kind of underlines my point about the importance of having merch. I'm sure that most of those people who bought those cassettes don't have a cassette player necessarily, <laughs> but they just wanted the type of fans they are. They want to have something that proves that they love this band. Mm. And that's more than just like I streamed it 50 times last month, or I bought this file that I now own, you know, which are both valid reasons, you know, ways of, showing you love a band but there's a step beyond that where it's like i've got a thing and it's in my house and it's on my shelf and it it's a sort of symbol of of my love for this band you know and i definitely like even just with my own label i've had it before where, you know fans can leave a little note when they make an order and the number of times we've had people going this is the first record i've bought i'm getting a record player for christmas and this is going to be the first thing i play on it and it's getting them into that world you know which is so cool it's mm. like such a i mean you know when i pass those messages on to the artists they're just like it's pretty kind of humbling for them you know to think that someone's like getting into a whole new way of interacting with music through them as, mm. as that sort of gateway so um but yeah i think having something physical people can buy cassettes are really good because you can do a run of 10 you don't have to get like 500 or a thousand done like with records or cds um you know the usual things of like t-shirts and posters are all great but the advice I always give to people is do something that's unique to you. Like if you can have something that is a play on one of the lyrics or an album title or a track title or something that kind of comes from your own particular culture, if, you, if you're if you from a, a particular place or a, a particular scene, um, you know, I mean, little things. Like we have an artist on our label called Children of Zeus who are a hip-hop soul act from Manchester and their last album was called Travel Light. And we got lighters done that said Travel Lighter on them. It's, pretty weak pun you know but they were like a couple of three quids really cheap easy for people to buy and people loved them because it was like you know maybe they don't want to spend 20 quid on a record but they do want to have this little thing and you know then that's part of the connection that they're making with you you know beyond just making money it's also about you having that direct connection with your with your fans so we have messaging tools so you can send the messages they will get automatic updates every time you release a new track or a new album so I think, you know, building that one-on-one -on -one kind of relationship with the, with your fans, um, that's something that's very hard for you to do via other platforms. I mean, you know, even if we look at Spotify, for example, and um, this is no bashing of them whatsoever. Like, you know, I'm sure most people listening probably use Spotify or another another tool. And for, for fans, they are a, a pretty good deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I get it. But, you know, for an artist, you're always trying to get on playlists, right? That's the the sort of... The, the 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 aim the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or whatever it might be now you know that can make you money uh, and it can grow your fan base like i know from my own label you know we we do well out of, of tracks being on playlists but if you're on a playlist someone could listen to you and if they don't happen to look at your their phone while you're on they don't even know they listen to you mm. it was just a thing that happened while they were doing something else so not only do you not know who they are they don't even know who you are either. And they might never know. Um, now, obviously, it's part of growing your audience and all of that. So I appreciate it. I'm not saying it's without merit. 
However, when you're directing fans to use Bandcamp, they're then following you as an artist. You can then message them. They can also opt in to join your email list. You can then email them too. So it's giving you more opportunities to actually build a fan base that's going to stay with you, you know, for the long haul. Um, and you're not, you know, um, I think we're seeing that more and more with, you know, even outside of Bandcamp, things like Patreon and subscription models or Discord servers. People want that direct connection. And I think they find that social media is too overwhelming and too caught up in other things to really deliver that. Mm. So I think that's, there's an element of that with Bandcamp too. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I mentioned design, I mentioned selling merch. Um, I think the other, the other thing I'd say is uh, one of our new features, the live streaming feature that we have. Um, so we have a ticketed live streaming platform, Bandcamp Live, where you can live stream direct from your Bandcamp page. And the cool thing is you can sort of curate a virtual merch table underneath the streaming window so people can buy your music while they're watching the show. <clears throat> and there's a chat room and other stuff too. And it's a really, um, it's a really good product. People have been using it um, a lot. We've had over 100 shows now, over 10,000 tickets sold. Um, the interesting thing for me is that we, so I mean, these stats are now a month or so old, but at that point, we'd done $100,000 in ticket sales, but $50,000 in merch and music sales alongside it. <clears throat> so that's really interesting. Um, uh, one thing I would note is that we're sort of set up for you to perform your own music. It's not there as a DJ streaming platform. Yeah. You know, I recommend Mixcloud or, or, or there's plenty of other options out there that people know for that. But if you're able to do production of your own tracks, I mean, we've had people doing listening parties. Um, the cool bit, I mean, <clears throat> part, excuse me, part of what we wanted to do with it was, you know, this time last year when there was a lot, the first lockdown was happening and people started doing live streaming. And I think, you know, people may remember um, the Laura Marling show, which was done at the um, uh, Union Chapel in Islington. Beautiful building, you know, legendary place to form amazing show from Laura Marling loads of people bought tickets it was brilliant but actually if you're a DIY artist it's a bit off-putting because you don't have the Union Chapel and you don't have a film crew and lighting and all of that stuff that made that show so special what you do have is you can invite your fans into your world and into your home essentially as well if you, if you want to and the best shows I've seen on Bandcamp Live have been the ones that are totally relaxed People are in their home studio. They're just kind of hanging out. They're just talking with their bandmates. They're answering questions from the chat, taking requests, you know, shouting people out. And you're then giving people something that they wouldn't get if they were coming to a show in person. So there's a real power in that. And again, that intimacy that I spoke of, you're getting that direct relationship with your fans. So I think that's another thing that's definitely worth um, exploring if you're kind of new to Bandcamp. No, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and I, lo I love the the innovation behind it where it's not just like a straight, you know, we're a music sales platform, that's what we do. Like it's kind of the cornerstone of a whole suite of very artist-centric yeah. services that are designed, you know, to really optimise what artists can do with both themselves, yeah. their fan bases and their art as well, which is <coughs> just a fantastic thing, it really is. Much, much needed as well. And uh, just sort of to circle back on what you were saying about merch and stuff, like I'll give you an example about what we did with uh, our label, mm. Chapter 24. We um, we had an in-house illustrator who lived in Copenhagen in Denmark, and we 
we chose him deliberately because we loved his work, but also because he did everything physical. It wasn't digital art. It was all, like, he used to carve it out of, uh, like, lino, basically. Oh, wow. So it was like the, the we loved the, the correlation between the cutting of vinyl and him actually carving out of the lino. So it would wow. all be, like, rolled onto, like, rice paper and printed and stuff. But we sold the originals on our Bandcamp page. Right. And it like it really uh, you know it really kind of awakened us towards like you know the art as as an artifact of its mm. own like you know in, if you were talking like an Indiana Jones movie you'd call it the MacGuffin do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like you know the the you know, the uh, the Ark of the Covenant and all that stuff yeah, like yeah. you know and and that's the thing as well like because like it's amazing again just not to talk about sort of Spotify in two sort of disparaging terms I just find the whole model really passive and yeah. it, it does. In an, in, a, in an almost kind of unconscious way, strip the value away from the art yeah. itself. And as I say, the last year has been really fascinating watching people sort of really reawaken to that. And also, like, you know, not to turn this into a whole conversation about the buzz topic of NFTs at the moment. Sure. You know, yeah. it, it, that, that is also a very big manifestation of people realizing the value of what they create. And I think Bandcamp actually sits very, very well into that kind of future so it's it's going to be fascinating i mean what where do you feel like band camps going in the next sort of five years or so and what kind of where what kind of place do you feel like it's going to take in the industry um i think like yeah it's going to be interesting to see i, I think you know what's been really good is you know or say been really good it's obviously been an awful year for so many people but one of the positives that's come out of it is you know not just with band camp but a lot of artists sort of stopping and thinking like you know, it's so easy when you're an artist or a label, you just get into that cycle, you know, record, release, tour, record, release, tour, and you don't stop and think why you're doing any of it. Mm. And it kind of becomes an end in itself rather than, you know, part of your creative process or part of whatever it was that drew you to want to create music in the first place. And I think so many people have kind of, it's given them space to think. I mean, you know, um, you mentioned kind of... Uh, working DJs and touring DJs that kind of, that, that, you know, you work with a lot. You know, I've got friends of mine who would have been out gigging two, three, four times a week and they've been doing it for 10 years. And suddenly they realize like, I'm killing myself here. Like I am physically and mentally, I can't do this forever. And so things like, you know, uh, using Bandcamp more, live streaming, Patreon, all these kind of things suddenly become things that like, actually, you know what? I've got a lot of other skills that go beyond me just turning up and playing my hour set at, you know, one till two in Leicester and then three till four in London and then getting home, you know, or whatever it might be. And um, and I think that's, you know, I, I think there's going to be some skills we've all learned this year that are going to stick. And I'm hopeful that Bandcamp will be one of those, you know, um, I think in terms of what we're doing, you know, plans for the future, like really it's just what we've always been, which is helping artists. That's it. You know, we help artists, they get paid and then we get paid a little bit. That's, that's the business model. It's really simple. Mm. So um, I think there's still going to be an awful lot of scope for that. I think, you know, I see it's going to be more about physical sales. I think that's kind of the trend that, that we're seeing. It's kind of more and more, based on physical uh but you know the download is not is not dead yet either for sure um but uh, i think that's going to be a big part of it but you know for us it's just you know having 
being a key part of artists and labels campaigns that's that's what we're seeing that we're becoming and, and i i'd like to think that will continue into the future yeah totally and and the versatility of the platform as well because i've seen a lot of people you know not just selling music downloads as well i mean one of the things that you know and, and there's so much to touch on about what you've just said there because mm. not only have our established sort of touring djs said very similar things to us in terms mm. of like i can't do this forever and i don't want to be like you know 70 hanging out the back end of a nightclub while my grandkids yeah. come and watch me dj you know yeah. it's that kind of thing but also a lot of the newer artists who are coming through are like yeah. i don't want that life I'm not interested in that life. I want to sit in my studio and make music. Like, that's what I want to do. And whether or not it's engineering for other people, doing mixing and mastering or releasing my own stuff, you know, I want to be able to earn a sustainable living from that and I should be able mm. to. But yeah. actually, we've pointed a lot of people down the route of uh, sample packs because yeah. they sell really, really well. Uh, yeah. So I've noticed a lot of people on Bandcamp selling sample packs as well. And that seems to, to do really well on the platform as well. Yeah, yeah. There's um, a friend of mine, a producer called Omunit. He uh, he did a sample pack for his stuff and he, he put it on Twitter. Like he was just like you know, something about what he did from other things. He was like, yeah, that's paid for my double glazing this year in my house. You know, <laughs> so it's like fair play. You know, that's that's. That's a tangible thing that's come from using the platform and, and using it in that way. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think that. And I think, I mean, it's an interesting thing because I think quite often what you find within electronic music in particular, I think, is you quite often have quite introverted characters that make music. And then the only way they can make money out of it is to go and be in this these wildly extroverted kind of places, i.e. in clubs, at festivals. And that then their discomfort with that can then lead to quite unhealthy behaviors and quite unhealthy ways of living, you know, and it's a real problem for people because, you know, and that's why, you know, it's age old story of, you know, whether it's drink or drugs or anything else, you know, and these things are, you know, it can be fun for a little while and then it can become problematic and it can ultimately be very damaging for you as an individual. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, you know, um, finding more than, you know, part part of what Bandcamp is is just finding more than one way of doing all of this stuff because, you know, we tend to treat artists as though they're all the same. Oh, yeah, you do this campaign, you put this out on this day, and three weeks later you do this, and then we do this, and then we have this content and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, that might work for one person, but it might not work for the next person. And, you know, we as an industry, there's a responsibility to try and, A, look after our artists, but B, find more ways for them to succeed and be sustainable, as you say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it excites me from that perspective of mental health as well and, you know, just wellness in general. You know, I, I do a lot of work with AFEM. I sit on their health uh, group and mm. I've, I've done a lot of work with them in the past. And, you know, just to see not only that for that to be a, a good financial kind of, again, sustainable revenue stream, it actually enables the type of lifestyle that people want to live. And I, I think that's just incredibly beautiful. And, and again, what makes it even more beautiful is from the simplicity that you, you come at it from, which mm. is, is so, so badly needed. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of um, other artists, like I, I know artists on the platform who have been very, very clever, and this might be an interesting conversation actually, been very clever about the contracts that they signed initially when they released stuff on labels. And they've mm. managed to actually reclaim a lot of their master rights and yeah. then 
re-released them, you know, self-released on Bandcamp. And I know, you know, some artists who are now literally paying the rent and more just mm. off their Bandcamp because, you know, thankfully at a very early stage of their career, they were they had good advice uh, about what the contracts were saying about terms and territory and mm, stuff like that mm. as well and they were yeah. able to claim back their ip effectively and be able yeah. to monetize it for themselves mm. yeah i think that's i mean yeah we see a lot of that as well and, and it, one of the good things again about Bandcamp is if you're an artist on a label uh and you have your artist page which you have control of and then you become a member of the label and they upload the release and it's on your page, but it pays the label. When your contract runs out, you can literally, the label just goes in the back end, clicks the payment details, drop down and changes it to you. And then you get the money and you don't wow. have to re-upload it or anything. And also all those fans whose collections are in, it stays there. It's not like it's going to get removed. So it's really, really easy to reassign rights, um, which is, which is important. And it's, you know, like you say, I think, um, labels are waking up to the fact that they can't always have the like if they want you know uh to sign something in perpetuity or for like 25 years or whatever they've got to give something for that you know like they've, they've got they've got to be really providing something now not to say that there aren't deals where that would actually be very beneficial for an artist you know i, I um you know aside from my band camp work you know just with what i do with my label like the way i see it is there are a bunch of jobs that need doing for any release and someone's got to do those jobs. And there's, there's loads of different ways of doing it. You can self-release, you can use a label services company, you can run your own label, you can sign to a small label or a bigger label. But all the same jobs are getting done. You know, some, there's some artists I know who are very successful and have no manager because they don't need one because they're on top of it. They've got a good booking agent, great relationship with their label, all fine. Whereas other artists who could barely get out of bed without their manager being there. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> my point being is I think it's about having the deals that suit you. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I do some artist mentoring and, and one of the sort of exercises I get some of the uh, participants to do is to basically write down on index cards everything that they do to do with their music career. So from booking rehearsal room to, you know, getting their trains booked to doing their social media to getting photographs all of it put it on index cards and you kind of lay it out into sections and you sort of get a good idea of like what you do and then you can then kind of give yourself a bit of an audit and assess like what am I good at what am I bad at what do I like what do I not like what do I do but would really rather someone else did it and then that gives you you can then make an informed decision about who you want to work with who you need to work with what terms it should be on. Uh, and that all feeds into what you're saying. It's like, it's about getting that right advice or, or equipping yourself to make good decisions so that your future is protected rather than just kind of signing it all away. And then if it goes wrong, that's that you're kind of done, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, all of that kind of artist education and giving more options and more power to artists, it doesn't mean that's the end of labels. It just means that they're getting, it's a more reciprocal arrangement than maybe things were in the past. Yeah, exactly. And I think it puts the emphasis back on, as you were saying, like artist development, mm. uh, which again is something that's kind of been, you know, either made the reserve of like the truly major label signing 
or mm. you know people who have had the money behind them to be able to do that in the first place you know it there's very i've noticed in the last sort of 15 years or so there's been progressively less and less like real a and r happening mm. and less sort of true artist development um which you know you can have your opinions on whether or not you think it's affected the quality of the output of labels or not but sure. it's it's still a very very important part of the process as more and more of these tasks have been progressively more and more heaped on the artist you know if you look yeah. at that i mean imagine what the index cards would look like for the beatles for example Sure. Yeah. 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 You know, it yeah. looked completely different to to what yeah. it is now. So you know, regardless of whether we're talking about this in the context of Bandcamp, it's like mm. that's actually a really great exercise for every artist listening to this and oh, watching this now yeah. to do. Yeah. No, I I think so, and I think it's you know it's also like there's um I think it can be quite overwhelming for artists there's so many options and so many things you think you should be doing mm. and like let's be honest no one got into making music because they wanted to be really good at social media like mm. that's not you do it because you love music and you want an, a different career a different life uh, for yourself and but then we get drawn into all of this admin and it's like you know when uh, at first you can sort of say well it, it, it's it's you know, the ends justify the means. But then if it just becomes an end in itself where you're just like feeding the social media machine and the, the dreaded word content, you know, like as opposed to just focusing on your craft. I mean, you know, uh, I agree what you say in terms of like artist development. And, you know, it's another thing like no one expects art or we shouldn't. Let me rephrase that. We shouldn't expect artists to be fully formed and perfect from minute one. Like you've got to do, pay your dues, you know, no one becomes like, well, not no one, very few come straight out the bat. Like, and the first thing they do is like genius level, whatever that's, you know, those are your kind of generational talents, but it's perfectly possible to have a long and fruitful career in music through graft, through, you know, some talent, but then also just, uh, application to your craft and like really like focusing on improving yourself mm. um and uh you know and and to do that you need that that assistance in those early years you need to be able to have the financial support one way or another and you know we want the situation where it's not just the preserve of people with rich parents or something it's got to be for everybody so mm. um a lot of challenges there and you know if we can help on any any elements of those then obviously we're really we're really happy to no absolutely and i think that that really brings a, a really interesting point about you mentioned it very briefly before but the power of email mm. and this is something that we really encourage like the people who we work with and our members to do this and it's something we've benefited from as a business you know as well mm. of building up a list of like really engaged people who have opted in to actually hear from yeah. you you know mm. and again you cast that against you know, sort of, shall we say, you know, spraying and praying like an AK-47 content on yeah. all sorts of platforms, hoping that somebody yeah. might see it. Like it's the digital equivalent of putting a message into a bottle, rolling it out to yeah. see and open somebody sees it on the other side. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, you've got that ability to really streamline that through the fact that you're, you're putting good music out there, but you're building up a list that you can speak to 100% of at yeah. any time rather than yeah. i mean you know we went through that whole phase didn't we about a decade ago when it was all about like how many likes you had on facebook yeah and then <laughs> yeah. you you the, the door the, the realization comes about two or three years later it's like 
oh, all of that belongs to Facebook. Like, yeah. like we don't mm-hmm. own that at all. And in fact, it's quite a quite an empty number in a lot of ways where now if you've got that email list built up you can really adopt physically and truly in reality that 1000 true fans theory yeah yeah you don't have to speak to everyone you just got to have to speak to the people who were asked about you yeah completely and and that's the that's the thing that i think you know technology has enabled us to do is that you you can you you can sort of thrive as a real niche artist because you know you don't need to physically be in the same space as your fans they can be spread all over the world but if they're really dedicated and really into what you do then great i mean you know one of the things we do have a subscription part of bandcamp uh so you know you everything people pay a certain amount a month and then they get everything that you you release and some of the biggest one like sort of most successful subscriptions on there are bands i've never heard of they're like, particularly like the sort of jam band scene mm-hmm. in, in the US, which I'm really not familiar with. But you have people who've got thousands and thousands of supporters. And these bands are just like, every gig they do, they record it and they upload it and the fans love it. And it's like three hour sets and that's people just really, really into it. Um, so yeah, you know, I think that's it. It's about finding what works for you and, and making that you know, making the industry work for you rather than the other way around you know that's that's the kind of kicker and it's it's hard but it but it is possible mm, yeah i think and again another part of the sort of the awakening as i keep calling it in this call i've never mm. called it that before we've started this conversation <laughs> so i don't know where that's come from like i sound like some sort it. of like some sort of, sort of like spiritual guru or something <laughs> but uh yeah please buy my course it's only a thousand pounds uh yeah, yeah. but basically uh you know it, it's interesting you say about the jam bands that almost sounds like the 2021 version of like the grateful dead or something like that doesn't it like it's in that sort of realm yeah yeah, yeah definitely and it's yeah. it's um yeah, it's a real eye-opener. <laughs> you find all sorts of things in this job. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And and, it, and it's interesting because, like, as I was going to say, I think it's it's really helping people to understand that there's lots of different ways of making it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because, like, say, for example, take like a dance music thing, it's like just because you don't end up being, like, you know, the next Carl Cox, for example, that doesn't sure. mean you were a, you're a complete failure. In fact, no, in fact, it's about like we. I, I had Katie on this podcast a few weeks ago, mm. and we talked about a lot of the challenges, like going, like you know, threading this through mental health a little bit as well. Of like, we all go through this of like never feeling like we're enough and taking on way, way too much than we should do, because mm. we're kind of told that that's how you quote unquote make it rather than meeting the industry on your own terms and saying, well, actually, I'm going to get really clear about where I want to be, what Mm. that looks like, like you were saying as well, with like doing those kind of audits of like the the cue cards and stuff, getting really clear on that and then moving in that direction. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's really fascinating speaking to you about this. This this is why I love having these conversations. Is that yeah. these contexts come out that we don't necessarily you know consider beforehand. But it's cool. like you know, I I would literally say to people like Bandcamp is probably going to be like a net positive for your mental health as well as your financial health yeah. as far as the industry is concerned. Because it, it it's an incredible thing to feel like the you know somebody's actually on your side. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's the directness with the fans as well. Like you know, if you if you're a, an artist and you sign up for your account, when you get a sale, you'll get an email saying, cha-ching, someone just bought your thing. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a little sappy and whatever. But when it's 
when that's money that's directly going to pay for your meals or your rent or your mortgage or whatever it might be, that's brilliant. Like it's, mm. no, and like, I mean, I remember having it with my own label where um, we did, uh, you know, they do the indie label markets where they get record labels to come down and sell their music. Um, they've done them all over the place now, but I was at one of the first ones that we did with my label in London. And um, there was a guy sort of browsing the records on the stall. And I was like, oh, all right, you know, um, what, what sort of stuff are you into? And he's like, oh, I like hip hop and soul. I was like, oh, well, you know, there's this you might like. He's like, oh yeah, I've got that. I was like, really? He went, yeah. I was like, oh. And it had sort of not occurred to me that obviously someone's bought them, otherwise they'd all still be in my house. But it's like when you see a person who's like, you don't know, it's not like your mate or your mum or something who's mm. actually gone out and spent their money on buying your release. It's great. It feels good to know that someone likes your what you've created enough to go and pay for it. Mm. And they know about it and they want to come and find out more. And I think that's one of the things that Bandcamp gives you is that directness. You know, fans can leave their little reviews that appear underneath the uh, the pack shot of your record. Um, or just people paying that more than the minimum. It's just so brilliant. Like, you know, I know a few people who sort of emailed a fan saying, um, you put in 50 quid, did you mean that? And they're like, yeah, I did. Like, oh, thanks. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, you know, because you think, oh, God, have they just put the decimal point in the wrong place or something at the checkout? But, you know, it, it happens for sure. So I think, yeah, I definitely, you know, I think there is part of that, that that's that's very true. It's, it is, it, it's that gratification that you need to keep going as an artist that's also really important. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to just be sort of, we're all just sat at our laptops in different houses, just sending emails and making stuff and uploading things and downloading them again and all of that. And it's sort of, uh, yeah, having those kind of breaks where you're allowing yourself to get a bit of praise and a bit of, bit of an accolade is, is important. No, totally. Yeah. And I think this is one of the real, you know, again, horrible year for everyone, but I think this is one of the real positive shifts that's happened. And mm. I can tell by the way the culture's gotten behind it, that this is going to be something that's going to stick even after the pandemic. You know, yeah. that, that kind of whole thing. I think that the message has been heard loud and clear that we need platforms like this. Platforms like this do exist. They, they are on your side. And even when things start to open up again, we can, like we were saying before, we can lead much more balanced lifestyles and not have to, like, you know, run ourselves into the ground doing mm. live performances because that's the only way to make money so you know i've just yeah. got to i've just got to take a moment just to applaud you guys and and the team because it's so in alignment with with what we're all about and you know our our whole thing is like you can't become the best artist you can be without becoming the best version of yourself yeah 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 very true and yeah. you know we we work with people on a whole 360 of that from mm. music marketing i mean daft things like we've got five hours of yoga classes on our platform if you've been sat <laughs> in the studio all day and your hips are tight you know thing, yeah. things like that like we, we don't yeah. leave a stone unturned and it's surprising the amount of middle-aged white djs like on a sunday like will, will come down and like you know get into a yoga pose with you like it's really yeah. interesting yeah yeah you'd never you'd never have thought it like you know after 20 years in a nightclub like you know they're all there doing yeah. down with dogs on a sunday yeah. morning probably the people that need it most right i guess <laughs> well yeah exactly you go where you're most needed like you know you know i'm yeah, like the, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like the mother teresa the djs you know what I mean? like you know, go, go and help the, the ones who need them the most so yeah, yeah i mean it's just fantastic like so in closing you know is, is there any sort of final advice of 
how once you've signed up for your, your your account and everything like how would you get the most out of Bandcamp? is there like you know a place where you can be featured is there any sort of best practices on how to promote uh your yeah. stuff on Bandcamp? um yeah definitely um uh so we do have places to be featured we have our written editorial which is called the Bandcamp daily um we've got five editors based in new york and about 100 freelance writers all over the world and their job is to just cover the breadth of great music on the site um so we do like full features which are generally about albums which would be like interviews or you know a kind of in-depth thing we do like scene reports sometimes as well um but we also do like albums of the day we have our new and notable section we just little one-liners that we put a few of them up a day and then there's also monthly columns for you know electronic jazz soul uh punk um reissues ambient there's a, there's a bunch more that we do um so pitching stuff into our editorial team is really worth doing. There's actually instructions on that in the guide that I mentioned before. So bandcamp.com forward slash guide. If you click on the promotion button, there's a section about the Bandcamp daily and how to submit. But the key things, uh, send us stuff early. Ideally, if you want a full feature, which is going to be around an album, eight or nine weeks. If it's just a new and notable our album of the day, four or five weeks is fine we get a couple of thousand pitches a week and we post four stories a day. So it's mm. tough, um, but not impossible. Um, what I would say is that if you're pitching for a full feature, it's about stories. It's about music that's not just great to listen to, but is great to write about and great to read about. Um, not everyone's going to have that and that's fine. You know, you can pitch for album of the day or you can pitch for one of the columns. If it's just, you've made a great EP of, you know, straight ahead dance floor music or whatever it is where it's just it's just really good music that's fine we will cover that of course if we can but if you're going for a full feature it's about the type of story something interesting why you made the record how it was made who you collaborated with trying to build a narrative i think is really important and actually kind of leans into what fans want as well mm. you know like the kind of cool elevator pitch you know not it's not about distilling your music or cheapening it but it's just about giving people who don't already know who you are something to grab onto an easy way of understanding what it is and going, actually, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm going to give it a listen. Um, so we have all of that. Um, we want pitches via Bandcamp links only. They can be private. You don't have to publish your album, just copy and paste the URL. We all have admin accounts and we can see your music in that promotion section on the guide. It's got email addresses of our editors. So it advises you who to send what, depending on what genre that you're releasing. Um, we also have three radio shows. We have the Bandcamp Weekly, which goes up every Tuesday on, on the site. And that kind of covers um, jazz, soul, electronica, uh, world music, that sort of stuff. We also have fortnightly shows alternating on Fridays for metal and hip hop, specializing in those two. So again, you can submit your music for those two. For those, we always have a featured artist that we interview. We do a bespoke illustration of the artist as well uh, so you get really good kind of quality featuring mm -hmm. there um but yeah send us your bandcamp links don't send dropbox links don't send soundcloud links just the bandcamp one and just a short two paragraphs this is me this is who i am this is what this record is nothing wrong with saying could you pass this on to your electronic columnist or i think this writer who wrote about this artist that i toured with last year might be interested in this but you know usual advice keep things brief 
keep things polite, you know, don't bombard people with information, just make it easy for them to find your music. Uh, and in this instance, it's just sending us the Bandcamp links. Mm. Um, but yeah, go and check it out in the guide because it's really useful. And, and like I say, you can choose which of our editors uh, most suits what you're making and make sure that they, the right person gets it. Yeah, um, I love that. I love that for a couple of reasons because, you know, like again on a personal level, like our, our label chapter 24, our strap line was stories in sound. And right, like cool. be, being like a narratively driven label, and also you know with what we do at NYT, we try and get people into the thought process of like, what is your music actually about? Like, why are you writing this? Why are you even bothering? You know, get really mm. clear on that. And that is a, a massive thing in terms of like, say, for example, pitching for like you know editorial and stuff like that, as yeah, you yeah. mentioned. So it's it's hugely beneficial on that scale. And the other thing mm. I'll just say is I absolutely love the way the guides are written because, quite frankly, like there's been moments reading a lot of your stuff on the website where I've laughed out loud legitimately. Yeah. They are very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like you were saying before, the whole cha-ching thing. It's like you know, yeah. I might you know, some people might think that's a bit cheesy. I think it's brilliant, and it's just yeah. another little kind of signifier of like you know, we are on your side here because we've we've got yeah. the same sense of humor as you as well. You know. Yeah. No, I think I think the tone of that has been really good from day one, and like the people that I work with that, that do all that stuff are, are very good. Even the help documents are well written, which is. Um, you know not always the case obviously so um yeah you know we do we do try and keep it kind of human and personal as much as we can and um uh yeah like the, the guides the guides really good and we're trying to sort of have more information like that on the site so there's more kind of you know wider different ways of approaching the different tools that we have because one of the things you'll find if you start using Bandcamp is there's so many tools in there but they're maybe not immediately obvious at first glance you know it takes a while for you to kind of drill in and go oh right you can do that here yeah you know, it's quite like, deep like, yeah. actually once you get into it like the this, irc this codes and everything like it's proper yeah deep, yeah like. totally you know we're, we're chart registered now so if you add upc codes you know your albums will count towards the charts in like uk us and australia for example and there's loads of little bits and pieces in there so um yeah and and you know and i think also as well one thing i'd say is that in terms of like when you're getting started with it, like any other platform or social network or whatever, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. And the more that you factor Bandcamp as part of your process for releasing music, um, you know, it's sometimes it's easy for it to become an afterthought because it's dealt with in a different way. And I understand that, you know, I'm not, that's not a not being like, you know, judging people because I, I get it. It's like when you're an artist, particularly you're independent, you've got a lot to think about, a lot of different, you know, uh, balls to keep, keep up in the air and all of that is hard but um yeah like i think it's worth kind of um just making sure that you factor in Bandcamp, the timelines involved mm. um and and you know you the more you put in the more you put up the more success you'll get for sure yeah totally it, and you know just as a final point i think it's it's a great one about being clear on what platforms serve which audience Yes. And what kind of content is going to work or what kind of music is going to work on which platform or what kind of approach? Because there's room for all of them. And, you know, I think, again, like in electronic music, you know, obviously Beatport's been the the, the sort of the main focal point mm. for a number of years, and rightly so, because they're very, very good at what they do. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're yeah. friends of mine. Um, mm. But now it's like, you know, you've got a whole range of different options you know, it's not everyone competing to be like, you know, the, the one platform to rule them all. It's yeah. they're all going to have places, they're all going to have value and they're all going to have distinct audiences that they're all going to speak to. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something, you know, I get asked that quite a lot. It's like, oh, should I just put my stuff on Bandcamp? I'd never recommend someone to do that. Like, if you're an emerging artist, you've kind of got to have your music everywhere that people might find it. But you can decide where you send people to. And your existing fans, you can decide where you would rather they bought it from. Um, and, you know, Bandcamp really does well on, on that score because, you know, a, you're earning more money, but B, you're getting that data that you mentioned before as well, which is for building an audience and building a fan base over time. It's, it's so important. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Well, I just want to thank you for your time, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and, uh, and having this conversation. Yeah, likewise. Really enjoyed that. It's always always good to chat about music. And, um, and you know, like I, I'm really lucky to have this job and especially this last year to actually feel that you're helping people out. You know, it's um, I I... I couldn't do this job for other companies i don't think because i wouldn't believe in them you know what i mean so so i'm always more than happy to talk about it with people it's, it's great no i appreciate it thanks very much for your time mate i'll speak to you soon cool cheers so there you go there was my conversation with ali galani from Bandcamp. i just want to take this opportunity to say thank you to ali for coming onto the podcast and really dishing those details on how you can get the most out of Bandcamp. honestly if you are not already selling your music self-releasing on Bandcamp, i would highly recommend it it is a crucial crucial step for you to open up a revenue stream that you can completely control and be in favor of in terms of royalty splits and payments and everything else and it just makes total sense in 2021 it's working for so many artists and you can absolutely be one of them indeed we actually did on myt for our aaa members a Bandcamp masterclass a few weeks ago where we got some members on who have been quite successful at selling selling stuff on Bandcamp, and also as well i show some examples including uh, the label that I helped found about five years ago, Chapter 24, we had quite a successful run on Bandcamp as well, selling physical merchandise like vinyl, as well as digital digital music and also merchandise, including hoodies and t-shirts and stuff as well. So we did really, really well out of Bandcamp as a platform. They were wonderfully simple and very, very good to work with. And again, if you are not taking advantage of this right now, you are truly, truly missing out, especially with the likes of Bandcamp Friday, where Bandcamp very, very generously waive their fees for the day. So Bandcamp Friday has effectively become payday or a form of international record day once a month. Month. so i would absolutely urge you once again to do that and again if you're interested in catching that Bandcamp masterclass it is on our artist development platform myt aaa which is available for a low monthly subscription and indeed we are currently offering 50 percent off for six month and yearly subscriptions which will give you access to two live streams a week office hours where you we where we have an optional q a with people where you can get the help that you need in a group environment we also offer monthly track feedback sessions and our artists and members have been on a tremendous run of form at the moment including top 10 placements on beatport one of our artists architect recently went number one in the last couple of weeks on beatport for raw techno releases and we've had a tremendous amount of features dj 
support and great, great news across the board from Radio 1 Airplay and a number of other successes. So if you're looking for those types of results with your music in 2021, we have got you covered and we are here to help you by providing you with pro-level artist support at a very low monthly cost. So check it out. You can go over to our website and go to that flash sale page. So it's www.transition.studio forward slash myt hyphen flash f-l-a-s-h hyphen sale s-a-l-e so that's transition.studio forward slash myt flash sale and you can get 50% off for six or 12 month memberships so that'll do it for this week next week is probably one of my favorite conversations that i've had on the podcast so far and it's always with somebody that you least expect i'm joined by a guy you may not have heard of before his name is antonio tioli and he runs an incredible project called the amazonic where he goes deep into the amazon rainforest and works with the tribes there to record beautiful instruments very traditional instruments that they've been playing and creating and making for thousands of years in some cases in the rainforest just outside of manaus in brazil and antonio and the amazonic have created unbelievable contact instruments on uh, again on contact and on all major DAWs so tune in for that because it's an incredible story and the wonderful thing is is that part of the profits of this instrument this contact library the Amazonic goes directly back to the tribe so it is a wonderful way of supporting the protection of the Amazon rainforest and also the tribes themselves so definitely tune in for that because there's some amazing stories about what it was like to record those wonderful instruments so tune in next week there's also going to be a discount code for the Amazonic so make sure you tune in next week if you haven't subscribed please do so on our YouTube channel, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this too. Please do support the podcast because it really does make a massive difference. I'm going to shut up and go away now. So I hope you've had a great Easter weekend, a long weekend, and I hope you have a great week ahead. And I shall see you in six days time for the next episode of Beyond the Studio with Antonio. See you later. Much love.